It's Wednesday, February 13th, 2019. I'm Herbie Newell, and this is the Defender Podcast, a daily encouragement to mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This daily podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. Well, I am delighted to be joined by Chuck and Emily Hooten, and Chuck and Emily are just a dear family to our ministry. Uh, They have served in so many ways through events that we've done, uh, through retreats that we've done, and the Lord has just really gifted both of them uh, from an artistic standpoint and musically, uh, and just leading people to the throne and to worship. And one of the things I love about this family is just the way they serve together. Uh, They lead worship together, they work together, uh, they do life together, and it is just uh, such such a blessing. And so one of the things we really just wanted to do is to have this sweet couple come and talk a little bit about the importance of marriage, specifically in the adoption process, but also in raising their family. And so Chuck and uh, Emily have been married since 2003. Uh, They have four little girls, Lily, Ava, May, and Josie. Uh, Chuck has been leading worship since he was 16 and currently is the worship pastor at Shoreline Church in Knoxville, Tennessee. Um, And he's released three solo albums and writes songs uh, and, and really, those songs truly are those that, that usher people to the throne room of the Lord. Emily is originally from Knoxville and is a professional photographer and a published author. Um, her photographs have been featured in magazines and newspapers, and she's offered, authored several devotional books for students that have been published by Nav Press. And she's just gifted uh, as, as well uh, in, in just leading music and leading worship as well. Uh, Chuck is originally from Birmingham, and uh, we love this family, even though they live in Knoxville around the University of Tennessee. Um, so roll tide, guys. Hey, man, we'll roll tide right back at you. We have to keep our head down up here. I know, I know. So tell us, Chuck and Emily, just, I mean, outside of that introduction and that bio, tell us just a little bit more about your family and your family dynamic and, and just what makes that work. Yeah, well... The first thing I say for me about our family dynamic is I'm just surrounded by a bunch of women all the time, man. Like four <laughs> daughters, a wife, our dog is a girl. Like I, we just, I just deal with feelings and emotions on a daily basis. At so level. many feelings. Yeah, so many feelings and emotions. But uh, beyond that, just, uh, just precious, precious, fantastic little girls um, that keep us on our toes and and make life beautiful and amazing. They're all really creative and love to sing songs and so God's kind of given us a troop here that um, just enjoys being with one another our favorite thing is just to be in a room together Um, you know it's really funny is that uh, a couple of years ago Chuck and I did this we switched um, journals and so I had a prayer journal for him and he had a prayer journal for me (laughs) and his prayer journal uh, I asked him how I could pray for him and he said um, would you just pray that I would feel more? I just feel like I'm not feeling. I'm not, I'm not with my feelings at all. And then, uh, yeah, a couple months ago, he came back to me and he was like, "Emily, stop praying stop that. Praying stop that. praying that. Stop praying for me." God delivered by giving me all daughters. He was like, yeah. "All right, if you want it, I'll give it to you." So, so. many feelings. Now he cries at commercials. He didn't cry when we got married. He didn't my cry mother. when I went down when I came down the aisle. It's fine. I've gotten but, I've gotten soft, Herbie. That's yeah. what's happened. That's right. That's right. You get surrounded by all of that, and and you just start seeing the world through a different lens. I, you do. I really have, man. I see you it do. through through their eyes, and it's it's amazing. It's awesome. God's actually 
I mean, all joking aside, God's been really faithful to give me all these ladies to help me have a heart. I was like the tin man, and now I cried every time. So it's good. <laughs> well, and, and God's grace, even, I mean, even in our marriages and our wives, you know, uh, we, we talk about that they have to train us. But in all, a lot of ways, the truth is men are very self-centered, and we only yeah. think about ourselves. Yes. Um, and, and being <laughs> surrounded by a wife and two daughters, it, it reminds me to to put the toilet seat down and to think of others and not only on myself. <laughs> that's exactly, that's exactly and, right. That's exactly and so right. it's a, it's a sanctifying process as a man to be reminded, but, mm-hmm. but also such a gift, even as you say, to, to be able to, to know that the Lord has given us these precious image bearers, these, these precious partners to take care of yeah. um, and to defend and to protect. And, yeah. um, and I know, that even as as we talk about first and foremost, those those daughters are precious. But but Chuck, God first gave you a wife to protect and to defend and yep. to lead. Mm-hmm. Um, and and how has even going through adoption process for the two of you affected your marriage? And how how has that marriage been so important even to getting through the process and then raising your family? A process is a good way to say it. Um, Emily and I have been in process with all of this for a really long time. I grew up in a family uh, of of eight kids. I was the oldest of eight kids. The youngest, the younger six were all brought to our family through adoption. Um, we met in college. And one of the things that we said when we first got married was that we were probably not going to be an adoptive family. We were probably not going to have <laughs> a bunch of kids that we were going to do this, that, and the other. And God and his perfect plan and the way that he takes us on a process uh, changed our hearts and molded our hearts together. It wasn't something that we got married. And I think some people get married and they're like, have the next 20 years of their life planned out and and they stick to that. Emily and I, where we sit right now, it looks really, really different than what we said we were going to do and what we were going to be when we first got married. And all of it has been a really huge gift from God because all of it has been sanctifying and, and showed us the gospel yeah. um, and all those words, especially our marriage. Our marriage um, has just been a story of mm-hmm. me learning how to love Emily, Emily learning how to love me. And I think when we first got married, for me, it was, you know, you said guys are selfish. When I first got married, I think marriage, even though I knew right answers about marriage, a lot of it was about me. And God yeah. has really worked hard to let me see that the language of marriage is his, one of his greatest stories he's ever told, his metaphor for the gospel. You know, he uses marriage as this shining metaphor for what the gospel is. Paul in Ephesians talking about husbands loving wives and wives loving husbands. And, but then he says at the end, but you know, this is all about the gospel, right? I'm actually talking about the church. And I think God's worked really hard in our marriage and through adoption to give us that picture, what, what the gospel is. Yeah, I think um, just what Chuck said, again, just the two of the greatest pictures or um, analogies that God, because he loves to speak through to us through pictures, right? And so in our lives, one is marriage and another is adoption. And he talks about it over and over. And um, he also uses those things because they're hard (laughs) and they dig out things in us I think that are um, ugly and replaces them with the truth of what love really is and love is laying down your life for another person Um, 
yeah so it's been good and hard and yeah. I, and hard is good hard too is good. we're learning that for sure yeah well what what have you guys even tips would you have for families that are going through the adoption process because I think so many times we get so focused on the end result and, and in an adoption process the end result is bringing a child home right. um, that we lose focus of when we bring that child home the things that are important today how are we operating with our spouse how are we loving our spouse well how are we sacrificing for our spouse well those are going to be the important things when that child comes home and so even looking through the lens of adoption what what advice would you give couples towards marriage and 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 having a healthy marriage and and concentrating on your spouse and what have you guys learned even about each other through this process i would say um i'm just gonna have to go ahead and give you the jesus answer because that's the real answer um <laughs> i would say first and foremost you have to be in the word and be communicating with jesus and spending time with him and have an eternal perspective that always has to come first and um, then next, I would say the next most important relationship outside of that is your spouse. Um, and God has given that to you. So then I would look outward from my relationship with Christ to my relationship with Chuck and say, how can I love him? Well, um, and I think that practically looks like going to Chuck and saying, Hey, how are you feeling right now? <laughs> um, in this process, what are your struggles? How can I pray for you? Um, are there things that we need to talk through together? Just take the time, spend the time um, to focus on him. And yeah, what I, do you think? Yeah, I think I think that is absolutely right. You know, we said before that adoption and marriage are pictures of the gospel. And so personally, when we were going through the adoption process, I think it was a constant reminding myself the end goal you said is bringing a child home, but even beyond that, the end goal is the glory of God through right. the picture of the gospel day to day. And I, and there's so many things that go into adoption that that involve the hurry up and wait uh, aspect of it, where you're you feel like you're you're doing all these things, but when it's all said and done, you just feel like you're waiting for a really long time. Yeah. And God is always in the waiting of yeah. things. You know, we're reading through right now as a church, we're going through the life of David. Um, he was anointed king by Samuel and then went right back to tending the sheep because Saul was king. And he waited for a really long time before he became the king of Israel, but he found God in the waiting and God actually grew him up and used him. And so I think that when you're waiting in adoption and you're married at the same time, if you focus so much on the paperwork and what's coming next and what's coming next, you are missing the person that's going through that with you. Right. Um, the process is just as important as where you get um, at the end because God is in all of it. You know, it's not as if the kingdom of God is way out there in front of you later. The kingdom of God is here right now. What is God saying to you now? And that has to be a together thing in your marriage. And even just, just thinking about that with, with your girls, um, and I, I don't know if y'all would agree, but one of the things that, that Ashley and I talk about all the time is how much security uh, our children get from seeing us loving each other. Yeah. Um, you know, and the world kind of has this idea that if a child's going to be secure, you've got to dote and, 
and even meet all of their needs and wants and, and almost be their servant. But, but, but we, we have found uh, in God's great gift and economy, the more we're loving on each other and the more we're in sync, it doesn't matter if the kids have all the things they want. They have security because they see a mom and a dad that love each other. And that's so important, even as you bring a child into your home that, didn't, that, that, that wasn't biologically born into your home, for them to be able to see the security of a mom and a dad. So how have y'all seen the security of your relationship affect the confidence of your girls? Man, that's a great question. Um, because our girls have been a huge part of the process of adoption along with us. We wanted them to feel from the, from the start that this wasn't something that mom and dad were running off to do, but that together we were praying through these things. I mean, almost nightly we would get around and we would pray um, for the process and where we were in the process and our hearts. And we would talk to one another, Hey, how are you guys doing? They would hear uh, me and Emily in those conversations talk about right. how we were doing. Um, and so I, I think for them to see what you just said is, is so amazing, man, to see me loving Emily and Emily loving me back uh, was huge for our girls because, you know, at, at some point, the adoption process, even though you feel like it's not going to be over, it is going to be over and you're going to be two years down the road. And if you have to hit the pause button on developing that relationship and those communication skills and those things with your family, you're going to find yourself in, in a really tough place because you'll have lost yourself a little bit, even in a process that was really, really good. And yeah. so to, to have those conversations and talk with them and, and seeing them seeing us talk to one another has to happen. It has to happen from the start all the way to the end. And then obviously and unfortunately sometimes you know going through processes and it's not just adoption but going through things that are hard uh it does create friction in a marriage and so i know that there are families that have gone through an adoption process and now they feel alienated or estranged from their spouse or or maybe they're having struggles in their marriage what what is one thing each of you would just give as advice for these couples that are struggling yeah, man, that is, um, you know, and you see this and I get to see this and, and lots of people do, but I have the, the privilege of working at a church and kind of seeing the, the ins and outs of how relationships across the board, you said it, not just adoption, can struggle when, when hard things come up. And one thing that Emily actually was talking to me about before we got on the, um, the call with you today was just the push back towards what story is God telling in the gospel through the heart. You know, we are notoriously bad in our lives about trying to wrestle the pen out of God's hand and sit down and write the story the way we would tell it. Mm. And God is always pushing us back towards, I am telling this story a specific way mm -hmm. with all the good and all the heart in it for the goal that you see Christ and that you see the gospel. And most of the time in, in my life and in my marriage and in my friendships, when, when, things, when there is friction and things are hard, it is because God is writing the story in a way that I didn't want him to tell it that way. And so I am insecure. I'm pushing against that. I'm saying, this is not the way this was supposed to go. Mm -hmm. And I begin to have all of these talks with everybody around me about, 
you know, why everything is wrong. And God is wanting to sit down and speak to me in the midst of the heart and say, hey, the heart is bringing us to this conversation right now. My favorite one of my, I say that all the time, one of my favorite Psalms is Psalm 23, where he's talking about, you know, all of these difficulties, the valley of the shadow of death. He's talking about battle and warfare breaking out all around him. And one of my favorite parts is he says, but you, you prepare a table before me in the hmm. presence of my enemies. And he does not say that the battle has quit raging. He just says, hey, man, we're going to sit down and eat a meal together in the noise and the chaos, and we're just going to sit and speak. And so in a marriage where those things are hard, maybe that's a gift. Maybe that's some noise where you can sit down together in the gospel and say, hey, we're going to sit down in the presence of our enemies and let God have a meal with us, you know? And a testimony kind of a testimony to um, to the way Christ can work in a marriage is that, you know, just Josie, our daughter who is from China, um, came with a severe heart condition. And so she had surgery a couple of months after we came home, open heart surgery, 12 hours. It was one of the hardest things we've ever done. No doubt. Um, but God in the presence of all of that hard, he not only prepared a table with some scraps, it was a feast. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> he actually um, brought Chuck and I closer together in the hard. So I know it's possible to do that. I know that it's not always the case for every marriage. And so practically to answer your question, I would say if you're in the hard and it feels hard in your marriage or you feel disconnected, communication is crazy important. Um, the enemy choose to isolate you. He would want you, the enemy would want you to just handle things on your own. Oh, just, just handle that, you know, and you don't need to talk through that. Um, or, you know, build up fear or resentment or any of these things that are not, um, words that are associated with Jesus. They're associated with the opposite. Um, so I would say communicate with your spouse. Don't isolate yourself communicate even hard things in the hard. Like, I don't feel loved by you right now. I feel ignored by you right now. I feel like you are choosing to put the adoption before the marriage, which is the cart before the horse. Um, and if you need to call in outside help, counseling, Chuck and I are the hugest advocates for counseling. <laughs> yes, we, yeah, yes, Everybody we. should go to counseling eight days a week and there are yeah. only seven. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so don't be afraid to bring others in because if people are honest, hard is hard and we all struggle and we all need each other. And that's why Christ created us for community with each other. Um, so yeah, so counseling, communication, those are super important things, especially in something like ad adoption. That's just hard. Yeah. And just one, one quick, cool story, Herbie, we, Emily and I, you said we got married in 2003. We decided to get married uh, being young and not thinking through things. We got married on December 27th, which means we never now celebrate our anniversary <laughs> on our anniversary because we have four children and it's right after Christmas. And so last week, about a, you know, a month late, we went back to Nashville. We just did an overnight trip to Nashville for our month late anniversary. And we ended up at a restaurant across from Vanderbilt Hospital that we had eaten at while Josie was having her surgery. And we just, it just kind of struck us. We looked at each other and said, two years ago, we were sitting here and the look what God has done moment, even of sitting there two years later is an amazing picture of the gospel. So in the middle of the hard, know that 
God is moving you toward things that are kingdom minded and you will sit down and look and say, look what God has done. Look what he's done. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I love the imagery that y'all both had there too of Psalm 23 and the idea too that I would just encourage families that are struggling with that whole imagery of, of Psalm 23 too. I mean, how many people are in a, a physical battle and they just stop and prepare a table and eat. Yeah. Um, you know, that's so counterintuitive because you think we're going to get killed if right. we stop and prepare a table. But the imagery there is we need to rely on Jesus yeah. to help us through these battles. And the whole idea of sitting at a table in the presence of our enemies is knowing that we have a God that is passionate for our marriages and passionate for our families. Because just like you like you've both said, they're a representation of the gospel and of the church. Yes. yes. Um, and, uh, and so we, we fight for those marriages. So just even as we close, I know that both of you have such a, a high view and a passion for the local church. And how can our local churches get more engaged on wrapping around marriages in crisis? And, and if there are pastors that are listening that have even adopted parents or, or maybe just, just families that are going through, you know, and, and y'all have had adoption and a child that had a serious um, illness. And so those are two stressors. It's not just adoption, but it's a child that had to have a, a serious surgery. How can our churches do a better job wrapping around marriages? Hmm. Yeah, for us is at Shoreline, we were actually, we had an elders meeting last night, Herbie. It's funny that you asked that because we asked that question. We looked at each other around the room and asked that question because we want to do a, a good job of doing that. Um, we have a tendency sometimes in the church to be reactionary to things. Like we take care of things after they've happened. So tragedy has struck and we scramble to try to find a solution for the, for the tragedy. But discipleship and the call of the gospel is that we are walking with Christ in such a way where Romans 8 kicks in, you know, height, depth, width, famine, disease, the sword, nothing will separate us from the love of Christ because what we have learned prior to the battle or prior to the thing that was hard is that Christ was sufficient in that time so that Christ then becomes sufficient in that time. And so let's say for adoption, we have a ministry here at Shoreline called Open Hands. We're doing path classes at our church right now. We have lots of families who have adopted and who are in the process of adopting. Our care process for them starts way, way, way before they go and adopt a child. We walk with them the months walking up to that. Um, we have seminars. We have classes. The care before that hits is more important even to me than the care of when the tragedy strikes. Because when the tragedy strikes, you're putting pieces back together. You're, you're, um, you're scrambling. But if our churches could get around the idea of discipleship, letting people have a relationship with Christ that equals when difficulty comes, I'm already there. Like I've already seen the goodness of Christ. And so my security is in that. Um, Emily, what would you think about that? That's a, that's a great question. Practically, I think it looks like just putting your arms around families and saying we're here for you in whatever capacity you need us. And then being willing to actually be the hands and feet of Christ and actually follow through on that, whether that looks like it's a couple who already has children. So you set up a sitter for that family, you know, once every other week so that couple can get time alone to talk to each other. Um, or 
again, counseling, I'm, I'm just like all about the counseling right now, <laughs> but you know, pour resources into that family. Um, and, and the way of counseling have a way that you can point them towards somebody or be the counseling that they, um, need through that time. Um, provide resources like books, you know, be like, Hey, we'll pay for you to get on Amazon and grab a couple books, whatever it is. Um, just, just find practical ways to be the hands and feet of Jesus to that family and to set them up for success. I think. And let them know they're not alone. This yeah. is community. This is family. We are in this with you. Yeah. And I think that's such, even as we close, what a, what a great reminder just to those who are struggling, you're, you're not alone. Uh, we are all sinners, Paul says, which means that we are all selfish. And if you are married, then you are entered into an, or, uh, an opportunity to see just how selfish you are um, and just to see how sinful you are. And, and whenever sin rears its head, there will be discourse, unfortunately. And so uh, just to, to married couples, there are no perfect marriages. They're just redeemed marriages and people that are relying upon Jesus to make it each and every day. And so uh, I would just encourage couples that are struggling to get help, to go to someone you can talk to and go to someone that's going to point you to the word and the sufficiency of the gospel. Well, as I hope you can see, this is just a a family that's a blessing to the church and a blessing uh, to so many and a blessing to our ministry for sure. And so Chuck and Emily, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, Herbie, thanks so much for letting us be on with you. It's awesome. Thank you. So fun. Well, thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. For more information or to connect with me, please visit HerbieNewell.com. To partner with Lifeline, visit LifelineChild.org. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at LifelineChild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again next week for the Defender Podcast.